0: ever notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't oh me too it turns out sean cassidy was not my soulmate orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser, and welcome to Sex, Love, and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind, and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser, and I love love, and I love helping couples who've fallen out of love fall back into love together with the one they're already with. Welcome back to Sex, Love, and Elephants. And today I'm going to continue this deep dive for the next month or so that we're taking into the things that predict exceptional couples. I'm going to help you figure out where you're at, where you want to get to, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my upcoming immersion program, a 10-week program for a select group of couples where I coach you every week. I deliver an entire curriculum on the three keys to passion and so much more. There are masterclasses with the leaders in the field of how to fight fair, of sexuality and aging, of female sexual desire, of loss of desire and long-term love. It's an extraordinary program, and I hope some of you will choose to join me in it. If you're curious, you can click below where you're listening to this podcast, and you can get on the wait list. There is, of course, no obligation whatsoever. That just means I will alert you in about three or four weeks as to when I'm teaching the free 90-minute workshop that's an introduction to that whole program. On that free 90-minute workshop, you can ask me your questions about your relationship live. I can't wait to get to know so many of you in that forum. And then a few of you will want to continue on to the larger program, which kicks off toward the end of October this year. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I just listened to Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights on Audio. All right, all right, all right, is in my mind these days. So I'm Cheryl. I love love. And I love helping you fall back in love over and over again with the one you're already with because it's difficult. Long-term love is a hard gig, people, and I'm just keeping it real. I am not a Debbie Downer. I am so passionately in love with the possibilities each of us have as couples to be extraordinary, that I've dedicated my career To helping couples like you, like me and my hubby, create something that sustains. And it won't sustain continuously. What I mean is, you're not always going to be happy, horny, in love, romantic, but so few of us create the conditions, learn the skills, and do the work, make the effort that it takes to really invest in our love affair, to renew and refresh it over and over again. I have some questions for you. Do any of these sound familiar? Dr. Cheryl, we fight all the time. First thing about fighting, there are ways to fight that are constructive. I spend about a third of this whole immersion program helping all of us learn how to communicate, do uh, talk about our toughest things, reach resolution, respect each other's point of view, take a time out when we're crazy and we're going to say abusive things. But we fight all the time. I generally find you fall into two different groups of couples, as me and all other couples therapists find. Either you're a passionate, almost verbally abusive or truly verbally abusive fighter. You have ugly fights. You have fights that strip away your confidence, shake your trust in each other, make you feel unheard, put down, even made fun of. Maybe you make one of the dreadful errors that too many of us make. And I will admit, I make it sometime when I'm flooded, when I'm angry, when I'm enraged, where you threaten the relationship you say, I can't handle this, I'm out of here, or I'm going to get a divorce, or we're over, or no one could stay in this nonsense. This is one of the worst things you could do. If you do it, I will help you clean it up through these teachings. So I asked you, do any of these sound familiar? We fight a lot. You may also fight in the death by a thousand cuts manner, meaning little digs, little disconnects, small criticisms often. Why did you park there? There was a way better spot next to the store or I don't like this kind of milk. Why didn't you get the brand I like? You never pay attention to me. Little things, not yelling, not verbally abusive, not crying, anxiety or raised voices, but it's equally, if not more destructive to have all these tiny little criticisms. Does that sound familiar? What about what's happening or not happening in your bedroom? Does this sound familiar? We rarely or ever make love. More than 30% of you, more than 30% of long-term couples, I mean couples who've been together more than a year or two. More than 30% of us are not having sex at all. We fall into the definition of what's called a sexless marriage. And the definition of a sexless marriage is we make love six or fewer times a year, less than six times a year. Don't be embarrassed if this fits for you. That's more than a third of couples. I'm here to help you change that. Not necessarily to become the most crazy Kama Sutra couple who have sex five times a day, but to attend to your erotic life, to attend to your sensual life, because people, let's keep it real. The only thing that sets your romantic relationship apart from any other relationship in your life with any other human being is the naked part. Seriously, relationship with your partner is friendship plus Nudity. You can do everything else with your friends. You can raise a child with a friend. You can certainly build a business, clean a house, live together, walk the pets, go on vacation, get your emotional needs met, go to the opera together, go to the baseball game together with your friends. We too often fall into our partnership with our romantic partner being a friendship instead of a love affair. Of course, I want you to have a brilliant friendship and all of those regular stuff. You can't have sex all the time. But if you're not making love something like once a week or at least twice a month, you are neglecting one of the most profound and beautiful aspects of being with a partner long term. Back to Matthew McConaughey. Again, I just listened to his uh, audiobook book of Green Lights. He speaks a poem in there. I don't have it prepared for you, but maybe I'll pull it for the next podcast and I'll read his actual poem. But it's a poem he wrote, and it's so simple. And he says something along the lines of, I made love with you today, not because I felt like I wanted to, not because I was in the mood, not because I was turned on. I made love with you today. He's talking about his wife, Camilla. I made love with you today because I knew it was a good idea. I made love with you today because the rest of the day was going to be richer because of it. We were going to feel closer because of it. We were going to laugh more because of it. It was going to make the meal taste better, the walk with the dogs more fun and so on. I'm completely paraphrasing it. But the Of what he said was so great. I'm like, go, Matthew McConaughey. He was essentially saying, look, we're not horny for each other anymore, most of the time, either, because we're a regular, real couple who've been together for a long time and have several kids. We make love because we know it's important. And when we do, it enriches the day. I challenge you to do this today or tomorrow. I challenge you to make love with your sweetheart, even if you're tired, even if it's a quickie. Quickies are great, whatever it is. And notice. That for the hours, if not the day, or maybe a couple days afterward, you feel closer, more connected, more happy. Sexuality is super freaking important, and it has basically nothing to do with the orgasm. The orgasm's the really lovely extra thing you get. It's the act of connecting that way that's so important. I'm speaking to you today about, do any of these sound familiar? We fight all the time. We don't fight all the time in ugly ways, but we pick, we pick, we pick. Ah, we have little or no sex. Here's another one. Are you bored with your partner? Are you tempted to stray? Let's talk a little bit about marital boredom, one of the saddest things that happened to almost all of us in long-term love. And I will give you one word to explain it. Are you ready? Complacency. Complacency is where we get used to something and it's no longer as interesting or exciting. Now, here's the thing. The object itself is still exciting, but we cease to be excited by it. Ever bought a new car? I haven't actually ever bought a new car, but I got a, an old Miata that I love this year. So I'm going to use that for my example. For you, think of another shiny object you really wanted that you really loved. Maybe it was your brand new iPhone or something. But let's go with ever buy a new car. How do you feel when you get your new car? You're super excited. You love it. You love looking at it. Shiny and beautiful. Hopefully it's it's in the exact color you wanted. My Miata is a rich, gorgeous burgundy with a tan soft top. It's sexy as hell. Do you love driving your new car? Oh my goodness, you love driving your new car. It handles better than your old car. It's sexy. It's fun. You drive that car for the simple pleasure of it, the newness of it, the novelty of it. It's exciting, fresh, and new. Now what happens a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or half a year later? Well, the car's not quite as shiny and sexy. It maybe has the odd scratch. It's dirty. You didn't bother to wash it. Although in the beginning, you washed it every two days, so it was sparkling and new. What about driving the car after several months, or half a year, or whatever? Doesn't seem as exciting, does it? Because of complacency. You're used to it. It's no longer the new shiny thing in your life. You probably no longer go for a drive just for the pleasure of driving. Instead, you drive to get things done. You drive to the store, you drive to work, you drive to pick your kid up from their rugby practice. Are you getting this? I know you are, because it's super simple. But what saddens me is how rarely we think about that same model in terms of the person we're choosing to spend our life with, in terms of our sweetheart. At first, we ride that car all the time for the sheer pleasure of riding it. We admire its shiny curves. We love the newness. We're excited about it. We think about it all the time. A couple years in, sometimes six months in, 18 months in when it comes to love and lust. We're um, barely riding the car at all. And I don't just mean sexually. I mean, we also cease to be dazzled by it. We're not as intrigued by it. We don't admire it as much. It doesn't seem as interesting, exciting, or special. Simply because of, drum roll, please, complacency. So I'm asking you today a series of questions. Do any of these sound familiar? Do you have little or no sex? Do you fight all the time? Do you pick away at each other? Are you bored with your mate and you've lost the new car smell? Are you tempted to stray? Because there are people, it dazzles me, it's not a good financial decision in my view, but whatever floats your boat or revs your engine would be a better analogy. There are people who trade in uh, their new car for another new car every 12 to 18 months. Well, some people do that with their partners and their lovers. And I'm not being facetious. If you want to keep the excitement of novelty alive, you need a new partner fairly often. Serial monogamy, maybe. You're with one person for six months, a year, two years, you break up with them, you get a new person. I'm not dissing that model if it fulfills you completely in your heart and soul. I've rarely met anyone it does. But we're in this impossible conundrum as long-term lovers where we want excitement and novelty, but we also want the long-term commitment, the safety, the building the home, building our family, sharing goals working towards our future. They do not go together. Spoiler alert. The model of long-term love is set up to fail if we do not learn what I'm teaching you now. If we don't understand that novelty of course fades, passion of course slows down. Matthew McConaughey is a pretty sexy guy. His wife is gorgeous, but they don't wake up horny either. Okay? Take that in. You're not broken. The statistics are super clear that more than a third of long-term couples don't have sex at all. I run this program. It's called Become Passion, Create Love That Lasts a Lifetime. Listen to the title. I spent Weeks and weeks honing in on that title a few years ago when I developed this program, which debuted about a year and a half ago. Twice a year, I take a small group of couples through an immersion online program to bring all this to fruition. Become Passion is the name of the program. It's not called make your partner be better so you feel passion for them. It's not called trade them in for a new one because then you'll be horny. It's called become passion. Those two words are really, really profound. I'm calling you into the truth that you need to become the very thing you're looking for. You can't just expect it to happen. You can't expect the car to still seem exciting. The car is still exciting to the next person that buys it, by the way. Uh Uh-oh, same as your spouse is still exciting to the next person who falls in love with them. You can only be excited about your car when you train your mind to be interested in the thing you are used to. You must become the very passion you desire. In other words, it's up to you to find your partner interesting again, to look at them with fresh eyes, to fall in love with them again. So these are why these questions I'm asking you today are so important. Do you fight a lot? Do you pick at each other? Do you threaten the relationship? Are you actually pretty friendly, but you're bored and the novelty's not there? And even if you're not looking for an affair or to stray at all, you find yourself wondering what it would be like if things were better, what it might be like with someone else. Maybe you find yourself lying in bed next to your snoring spouse thinking, is this it? I want more. We used to be so much more happy, more romantic, more fun. To quote a rather dreadful, in my uh, musical opinion, it's only an opinion song from my childhood that my mom used to play all the time. I think it's Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond. I'm not sure about the Barbara Streisand part. You don't bring me flowers anymore. You don't write me love songs anymore. Well, cut that crap out. If you want a great relationship, you need to become passion, not expect it to happen on its own. So what's the subtitle of the program? Become Passion create love that lasts a lifetime. Notice again, the word create. Create love that lasts a lifetime. The fairy tale princess, the romantic comedies of which Matthew McConaughey used to be the star of dozens of them. They always show us the happy ending and where they, the couple goes through trials and tribulations and then they fall in love and they drop all their crap and they know this is it forever. Yeah. How did it work out for Cinderella and Prince Charming? You can be absolutely sure about four months into that marriage, glass slippers and all, they were in a freaking divorce lawyer's office. Why? Because love is not that simple. Love takes effort, energy, training. It takes skills and knowledge just like everything else we're good at. That's the irony, right? You don't expect to be a great cook, a great parent, great at your job, a great golfer, whatever it is that you you like. You don't expect to have a nice home, a beautiful yard, grow vegetables, accidentally. But we really do have an unexamined assumption that love should be easy. Passion should come naturally. And if I love you, everything else will take care of itself. That's not the way it is. Every one of you listening knows that. You know that even if you really adore your sweetheart, it doesn't all take care of itself. You must become passion. You must make the effort to create love that lasts a lifetime. Some more questions I want you to ask yourself today. Are you great parents, but lousy lovers? Do you take the kids to the family restaurant and have a wonderful evening out, but not take each other to a grown-up restaurant, indulge in a beautiful glass of wine, and talk about your hopes and dreams? Are you in what I call, and you've heard me use this term before, marriage incorporated, where you're running your relationship, your family, kind of like a business? You're getting stuff done. The kids are happy. They get to their classes on time. The mortgage is getting paid. The dog even gets its toenails clipped or gets taken to the groomer. You're really doing well as an incorporation. Marriage Incorporated, baby. How are you doing at Romance Incorporated? I am all about helping all of us move from where we currently are in our love relationship, in our sexual relationship, in our communication, and how close we feel, in rebuilding trust after betrayal. I am all about helping you move from where you are to where you want to be. You may be unable currently to get over the wounds of past betrayals. You may be so hurt by a past affair or trust betrayal. I was working with a couple recently in one of my programs where the trust betrayal was around lying. It wasn't about an affair. It was about money and responsibility The hubby was supposed to go to a lawyer and uh, show their ID and sign some papers. And the wife said, oh, I need you to go tomorrow. And he said, yep, you bet. And... At the end of the day, she said, how'd it go? He said, great. Turned out that he'd forgotten. He felt embarrassed and ashamed and worried he'd forgotten. He was afraid she'd freak out on him. So he lied to her about it. Then he forgot for another week. It almost killed a big deal they were doing. And then she only found out he hadn't gone in when she was talking to the lawyer. And the lawyer said, well, no, he never came in last week. And she's like, yeah, he did. He came in on Tuesday. The lawyer's like, ah, no, he didn't. And she was embarrassed. She was humiliated. She's like, why didn't you just tell me? And he froze. It wasn't that he was a bad person in any... Anyway, as we dug deeper into that old pattern, he's had a rough childhood. And when he was a kid, if he was asked a question like, hey, Bob, did you eat the last cookie? Which he had eaten. If he said yes, he got beat. So he's got a pattern, even in his forties, that when his partner says, hey, Bob, did you do X? If he didn't do it, he freezes inside. He gets very anxious and he lies about it. He knows he shouldn't. He doesn't want to. But ingrained patterns, people, are a lot of what you need to work on in your relationship in modern day. That may sound crazy to some of you. It's familiar to others. Our childhood, our patterns from our culture, our family conditioning, and certainly our patterns from past romantic and sexual relationships can turn up present day and play out In the dynamic between you and your partner. We talk about that in the program. We talk about how our early attachment predicts to some degree how safe or trusting or how insecure and untrusting we are in our current love relationship regardless of the person we're in love with and so on. So today's all about hoping to reassure you that you are normal if you don't really know how to fight fair. You don't really know how to handle and work through trust betrayals between you and your partner. You're unable to get over old wounds or the pain of betrayal, or maybe you're simply lonely and wondering if this is it. Wondering, especially as we age, we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, is there more? Do I want to spend the rest of my life in this kind of friendly but boring relationship with someone I don't find as attractive anymore? But that is where you're placing all the blame on the other person. You're expecting them to radically change, become romantic, sweep you off your feet. I would like to help the two of you learn, and it's not a quick process. That's why it's a 10 to 12 week program. Learn to begin the process of romancing each other again, seeing how special each other is. Don't wait for a wake up call, my darlings. I have... Four friends in their 50s right now with cancer. One of them is already several months past the diagnosis of when they thought he would die from brain cancer. Another has a predicted three years to live from prostate cancer. Another is waiting for a liver transplant. None of these people are 60 yet. Formerly healthy, dynamic, all of them have loving, fantastic partners. Don't wait for a wake-up call. My husband swerved to miss a deer one year ago and flipped our car and it slid on its side and stopped just before going over a cliff. Not a word of a lie. I am not exaggerating. He was mostly unharmed due to the, um, what do you call them, airbags that went off. Thank you, Honda engineers. But it easily could have been. A crippling or a fatal injury if the car had gone down the cliff. We had a major wake up call of how precious life is, how precious he is, how easily things can turn on a dime and go from all the potential in the world. We've got weeks, months, years, and decades to figure it out. No, you don't necessarily. Let's figure it out now. So stay tuned for all the rest of the episodes this month and into October where I'm focusing just on these topics, how to create love that lasts a lifetime. And just to remind you, In mid-October, for about a week, I'm going to offer my free couples online workshop. It's about a 90-minute workshop. What I do is I teach for about 45, 60 minutes. I give you some really actionable tools. It's really a dynamic workshop. I also give away some fun prizes and everything else when you show up live. Then I talk about this immersion program and let you know way more about it and give you an opportunity to join it if that feels right for you. Then I stick around for a live Q&A. As long as it takes, I'm often there for two hours where you can ask me your questions about your relationship live perfect access to me. Uh, I love that part. That's my favorite part, actually. So if you're interested in that, make sure you're on my Love bite list. You can join below. That's where I send you a weekly Love bite video or podcast episode or just a little tweak or tip for the week. No obligation. Of course, you can unsubscribe at any time. I only want people watching those that want to watch them. I don't want to bug anybody. I know it's valuable and awesome. If it's right for you, sign up. You can also sign up below to get on the wait list to be the first to hear about when I teach that free workshop mid to... To the end of October and when the doors open to join the immersion program, if that's something you want to at least look into and evaluate whether it's right for you. And that brings us to today's love bite. Become passion. Stop waiting around for passion to find you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back with you next time. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, I would love it if you would quickly rate and review it. This really helps other people learn about the podcast and benefit from anything you feel is beneficial. If you could take one minute right now and subscribe. And if you're on Apple podcast app, you can give it a review, a five-star review, say a few words. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love, love. I love helping you fall back in love one breath, one moment at a time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants, but most of all, thank you for being part of this herd if you enjoyed listening please share this with a friend and if you haven't already i would love 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 it if you would subscribe rate and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us if you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show where you'd like to be a guest reach out to me directly at drsherylfraser.com where you can also sign up for weekly love bites science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime.